All right, before we dive into God's word this morning, a few quick congratulations are in order. First to Jackson and Yarlene Brooks. They were married on May 16th. And then Justin and Catherine Denny had Avery just the day before on May 15th. So congratulations to both those families. And now, kiddos, we want you to listen up. Adults, you can listen in too. The Bible is for sure my favorite book in all the world. But in the top five includes a book that I was introduced to at seminary. Now, you might think it's some big, thick book on something really complicated, but in fact, it's not. It's this book right here. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is a children's book. And if you don't have it, kiddos, save up some money and you can get it after a little bit, or maybe your parents uh, would get it for you. This little book has helped me understand the Bible in a way that almost no other book has. It helped me see that the Bible is one big story. Honestly, I'd recommend it even if you're not a kid. Uh, any adult, it's good for as well. But I'm just gonna read one page from this book, hopefully to whet your appetite. Here we go. The Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story it's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. We're actually gonna talk about that today. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes a whole story, it takes a whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of that story, there is a baby. Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing puzzle piece, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together. And suddenly you see a beautiful picture. And this is no ordinary baby. This is the child upon whom everything would depend. This is the child who one day, but wait. Our story starts where all good stories start, right at the very beginning. That's all I'm going to read today, but you should get this book and read it to read how the story unfolds. All right, well, we find ourselves in a time where it's easy to feel unnerved. For some of us, it's health concerns. We see every day more and more people getting sick and some people dying. And maybe the whole sickness thing doesn't bother you at all. Perhaps you feel like things might be just a little bit overblown. But then you look at the economy and the uncertainty of, of maybe your job or unemployment rates going through the roof and you start feeling a little bit anxious. Future plans of almost any kind are up in the air. Summer plans, preparing to graduate or move on to college. Uh, if you're planning on getting married, it's all twisted and turned. All of our big and our little plans are uncertain or being put on hold. Some of us are feeling the need to be with others. You might be living alone, and literally there's no one else around you. You need some relational connection. 
Or you might live with some other people, but you need some social distance from them. You need some variance in your life. Whatever it is that's troubling you, the reality is, is that all of us are feeling this on one level or another, regardless of where we fall ethnically or relationally or politically or health-wise or our job, there is this unified sense that we feel a little troubled, a little tired or frustrated, maybe hoping for something better. And the question is, what do we do when we feel like this? Well, over the past few months, well before COVID-19, we began a series in the book of John called Words of Life from Jesus. Today, in God's providence, we find ourselves in a passage where Jesus' closest friends, his disciples, have troubled hearts. It's a evening time. Jesus and his disciples are sharing a meal together. And right after that meal, they're having a conversation. The disciples don't quite know it, but in the wee hours of the night, Jesus was going to get arrested. And in just a short period of time, he would be killed. Now, Jesus knows what's coming up and he wants his friends to be in the loop. He tells them that he's going away, but they're not getting it. And so let's catch this scene in John 13. We're going to start in verse 36, and we're going to go through John 14, verses 6. So John 13, 36. Grab your Bible and follow along with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have, till you have denied me three times. Now Jesus is going to speak to everyone in the room, all his disciples. This is chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus wants to help his troubled friends by lifting their eyes off of their present situation onto something far grander. Jesus is making clear to anyone in a troubled spot, to his disciples back then and to us today, that he is the only way for anyone to get to the Father. Jesus is the only way for anyone 
to get to the Father. Now, you may hear this today and say, well, that doesn't help me really that much. I don't have a job and I'm not sure how I'm going to make rent this month. This doesn't help me. My friend or my family member, they're sick and I'm not sure what's going to happen to them. Perhaps this is what the disciples felt in that moment too. How does it help us to hear that you're leaving? We want to be with you. We've given our entire life to follow you. We don't want you to go away. Today, we're going to look at three reasons why this news that Jesus was going to go away is actually good news. We're going to talk about the destination, the way, and access. Destination number one, way number two, and access number three. We're going to start with the destination. It's no good to know the way if we don't know why, where we're going in the first place. So first, the destination. The destination is the Father. The destination is the Father. It's God the Father. Now look at the second half of verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father, except through me. God the Father is the end goal. It's not a place, but a relationship. Now, why should the Father, as our destination, be really encouraging? It's encouraging because it solves the root problem in the Bible. And if we really think about it, the root problem and longing in our heart. The root problem in the Bible is that humans have ruined their relationship with God, which then ruined everything else, their relationship with each other and the world at large. Like a reckless driver speeding away from home, we storm out a relationship with God on a one-way road away from him. It feels like freedom at first, but we quickly find ourselves in a snowstorm, careening off the road into a deep, dark ditch that we cannot get out of. There we lie, freezing cold, stuck and alone. This is the ditch of death, death emotionally, relationally, one day physically, and ultimately spiritually. Now, you may or may not think that you're in a ditch, but when we look at the world and ourselves, we know things aren't quite right. Our deep, dark ditch can be seen all over the world. Over 8% of the world lives in extreme poverty. That's over 700 million people. There are over 150 million orphans in the world, little boys and little girls who won't grow up with their dad or their mom to raise them. As of 2016, over 4 million people were victims of forced sexual exploitation. 99% of them were women and girls. Genocide isn't just this historical event that we read about in history books. As recent as 2017, Muslims in Myanmar, the Nuer in South Sudan, Christians in Iraq and Syria 
have been displaced and many thousands and thousands of them have been killed. Now this stuff can jar us. We may kind of pass it off as this thing that's out there, but our own lives tell a story that things still aren't quite right. We all wanna be better. We wanna be better selves, better employees, better parents, better kids. It's why there's a $10 billion industry built on self-help, helping you see how unhappy your life is and how you can find a better way. We're aware that we haven't arrived or that we've passed our prime. When we're young, we're constantly trying to look older, and when we're older, we're constantly trying to look younger. 40 million Americans say they regularly visit a pornographic site. Now, we may not participate in sex trafficking, but our hearts lust after people and things that are not ours. We may not kill mass amounts of people, but we gossip and we slander and misrepresent and villainize those that disagree with us. The brokenness of life around us helps us see that things are not right. According to the Bible, all this is because we've ruined our relationship with God and now we find ourselves in that deep, dark ditch that is caused by sin. No amount of self-discovery, self-improvement, or championing a cause is going to make things right. Only God can put all of this back together again. It starts with God mending our relationship with him. If we can get back into right, close, tight relationship with God, then everything else would start coming together as well. So when Jesus says the destination is the Father, our minds should go to the one person in the whole universe that made us and loves us. The Father alone can bring a sense of unity and wholeness to our life. So to be with the Father is to truly live. Now, how do we get there? Number two, the way is Jesus. The way equals Jesus. You may be thinking, hey, we ruined our relationship with God. Shouldn't we be the ones that fix it? The reality is, is that we can't. We're buried in the deep snow-filled ditch of death caused by our sin, and there is no way out. We need someone to come rescue us which is exactly what Jesus did. Look at verse three and verse six again. Verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And then hop down to verse six. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me. The Father sees what we've done, recklessly driving away from him, and now he sees us trapped in this ditch. And so he sends his Son after us. Jesus comes into the dangerous storm of our sin. Jesus comes to our sin-trapped place by taking on the consequence of sin itself, death. 
Jesus dies to pay the penalty of our sin. And in him dying, he meets us where we're at. But he doesn't just die. He comes back to life again. He comes into our ditch of death and he gets back out. There is one way to get out of death and back to God, and that's through Jesus alone. Look at the end of verse six again. No one comes to the Father except through me. This level of exclusivity doesn't usually sit well with our modern ears. We're built and trained as a society where we're supposed to kind of have it our way and be anything that we want and, and for you to do you. So you feel like you can figure out life just fine on your own? I gently ask, how's that going for you? No matter how hard we try to lift ourselves out of this ditch, we, we just can't make all things right again. It's gonna leave us frustrated. We can't fix all the wrongs we've done. We can't solve all the world's problems. Even the small dents of good we make in life makes us realize that there's actually more and more to be done. Or maybe you think we can look to another world religion to help us, but there's one key distinctive that sets the message of Jesus apart from everyone else. In Christianity, Jesus comes to the rescue and makes a way. In all other world religions, we have to make a way ourselves, whether it's by believing the right things or doing the right things or fulfilling certain criteria, it's up to us to make a way back. Whether a world religion or your own self leads you to want to find a way out, we know deep down that we just can't do it on our own. Life is broken beyond our fixing. Which is why Jesus' exclusive claim to be the only way to God is actually exactly what we want and what we need. It frees us from the pointless efforts of trying to save ourselves. Jesus comes in and he's a way to get out and back to the Father. You don't have to work harder. Jesus has done it all. He himself is the only way to God. So if the destination is the Father in a restored relationship with him, and the way is Jesus alone, well, how do we access the way? How do we get on the way? Well, here's number three. Access equals belief. The way we access the way is by believing. To get out of our ditch of death and back into a relationship with God, we need to admit our need for help and hold on to Jesus by believing in him. Look at verse one again. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Belief is knowing Jesus trusting that he is the only one that can get you out of this ditch of death and then living for him alone. It's not just this one-time decision. Look at verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Or then look down to verse 15. 
If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Belief is love for the Father that works itself out in obedience to the Father. True belief shows up in the way you live your life. Perhaps John 12, 25 captures it best. We looked at that just a few weeks back. Whoever loves his life will lose it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Belief starts as a decision to leave one way of living behind and beginning to live for Jesus. This new way of living is what we're truly made for. When we believe in Jesus as the way, we get truth and we get life thrown in as a part of the deal. Thankfully, though the way is exclusive, it's not limiting. Look at verse 2 one more time. In my Father's house are many rooms. The Father's place isn't some boutique hotel that are just for the exclusive few or some far-off resort that you have to save up your lifetime to get to. No, no, no. The Father's place is an abundant and huge place with plenty of space for everyone, anyone, no matter your ethnicity or your social status or your past, can be with the Father through Jesus alone. Believing in Jesus alone is the way anyone can get to the Father. Now, this passage is meant to bring encouraging news to people with troubled hearts. How can we go about receiving the encouragement that we desperately need? Well, the reality is, is that we all believe in something or someone to bring us a better life. When we're anxious or we're troubled, we all go to something to help us, to soothe us, to get us through. Perhaps you're listening today and you're recognizing for the first time that you find yourself in this ditch of death caused by your sin. You see the brokenness that your sin has caused, mainly in breaking your relationship with God. Now, if that's you, God has come to the rescue by sending his son into your place. Jesus died and he lives again. Grab a hold of him. Give up your old way of living and follow Jesus alone. You can do that by talking to God. Admit that you need help and believe that through Jesus, he's provided for you a way back into relationship with him. It's how it all starts. God will mend that relationship. He will clean you and he will lead you to true life. Now, if you do believe in Jesus, this passage says, keep believing. But how? When our hearts are troubled, it's easy to get fixated on things that are bothering us. It's easy to look at our situation over and over again. We just want to dwell on it. We want to see it. We, we kind of sink into this miry pit of just overly analyzing it almost spiraling. Well, this passage would say, look up, look out, and look forward. Look up, look out, and look forward. Look up to the Father. 
in a time where every news outlet on earth is saying, look at me, look at me, critical news, breaking story, God may be saying, God is saying, look away from yourself and your situation and look up. Look to the Father. Consider who he is. Consider what the Father has done. Consider what he did for you. Consider what he's going to do. Let your troubled hearts find rest in the Father. Now, here's how you can go about doing that. Protect time in your day to read the Bible and pray. Consider your ratio of time hearing from God versus hearing from a whole host of other sources. How does the amount of time you spend watching the news or on social media compare to the amount of time you spend before God reading his word and talking to him, talking to him through prayer. One way to kind of commune with God is to read a psalm or two a day. Just slowly read about it, read the psalm, think about each word that's there, and then pray those words to God. Psalm 23 is a great place to start. Just spend five minutes on that very first verse in Psalm 23. You might be surprised what you find. So look up to the Father by communing with him through reading his word and talking to him in prayer. But look out to others around you. In a time where much of life is limited, it can be easy to think of all the things that you're giving up, all the things you can't do, all the things you feel like you have the right and the freedom to do. Instead, look out to the people around you. Look at ways and find ways to consider others better than yourselves. Are there ways that you can joyfully lay down your rights and your preferences and your freedoms to love folks around you? Connect wisely, uh, send a text, make a phone call, perhaps write a letter, offer practical ways you can help and see if there are ways that maybe God opens up. So look up to the Father, look out to the people around you, and then look forward to Jesus coming back again. Like for real, Jesus is going to come back again. He says it in this passage that he's going away and one day he'll be back again. Just take a second for that to sink in right now. Jesus is coming back. He's going to be back again. Now, it's not our jobs to figure out when he's coming back, but it's our joy to consider that he will be back. If you're a follower of Jesus, the best is yet to come. There's going to be a day when Jesus comes is back when his kingdom will fully be enacted. He's gonna come down and restore the heavens and the earth as it was originally meant to be. His people will be with him forever in a city where God fully reigns, where our hearts and souls and bodies are fully alive. This passage helps those with troubled hearts because it reminds us that our greatest hope to have amended relationship with the Father can be restored by believing and only by believing in Jesus. 
regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your track record or your struggles, God paves a way back to him through the death and resurrection of his one and only son, Jesus. Jesus as a way gives us real life now, a life that is satisfied, fulfilled, and able to withstand any storm that we're in. And Jesus promises life to come one day with the Father forever. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you are our Father. You see us and you know us and you came to rescue us through your Son. Thank you for Jesus who made a way for us to know you again. And today, God, even if we find ourselves in a troubled place, God, we pray that you would bring rest and healing and joy to our souls by lifting our eyes to you, helping us in, enjoy what you have done on our behalf and finding great peace in knowing that you will come through and bring us home. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray, amen. Well, Crossway, go about your week and God's joy, knowing that Jesus is the way to true life. Goodbye.